Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Pete Carroll mentioned about in his post-game press conference how tricky the league is and how close it is and it's fine margins and you just have to finish. Really, though, it was very hard for the Seahawks to finish because their defense only forced one punt on the day. They allowed 179 rushing yards. Um, they got a turnover, a takeaway, but it was very fluky. Like it was literally gifted to them, gift wrapped on the yeah. plate, and I'm not sure that they got the stop there. And um, Nuosu, Uchen and Nuosu, he had the unfortunate task of going up to the uh, the press conference, and he said how they beat themselves, which is not the best thing to hear. Uh, really, 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 really disappointing. And there, there was just so many errors on, on defense, particularly where they just couldn't get a stop. They looked really bad, um, particularly the run defense and sort of with the benefit of hindsight, but it was kind of on my mind. Seattle, like, this was the worst possible matchup for them. Like, the Falcons run the ball really well, but they also have two mismatch threats. So it's like how much middle field closed where you leave one-on-ones on the outside yeah. or, or quasi one-on-ones with Kyle Pitts and Drake London, with Mike Jackson in particular playing against them? Do you play to try and stop the run because you have that extra guy in the box? But then do you try and get away with more middle field open where you have one less guy in the box so you're light against the run, but you're giving help with Jackson and giving help with Tariq Woolen on the outside for London and Pitts? So it stops. Uh, Griff, where, where do you want to take this? Yeah, so big picture view, they have they're – like they're still operating from the same – schematic like umbrella you could say as last year but the within like if you can maintain that as the premise within that umbrella they have essentially thrown out the baby with the bathwater um in efforts to become more aggressive and it's hurting them um now part of the reason there a big portion of this is that while i like the talent of woolen and i you know there's some some stuff to like with Mike Jackson. Um, they have only a fifth of their starting secondary that they thought they were going to be starting the season with playing. Now, in the spirit of competition, guys got to earn it and everything. Like that's part of their brand, right? Lean into it. So even if like this group progresses, this beginning period is going. There's potential anyway for problems to arise, and that's 
clearly rising right now. But so in junction with the incontinuity in the back end and it, with the incontinuity up front that is not personal related so much as the schematic tweaks within it, it's just it's too much at once. And clearly they're not handling. And what that means is like they played they played this big, slow 3-4 front last year. And they um, they shut down the run. They felt even from too high. They plugged all the gaps. They were they played really sound at the second and third level in coverage. And then they had this huge yak issue because the front they were playing, obviously, as we know, didn't didn't accentuate your pass the the pass rushing talent that you do have, which made you know, the second level was covering deeper and longer. That meant the check down. Or any or any or screens would go for longer yards because at that point it's like legitimately geometry, right? You're just distance from the the next from the ball that second level defenders are deeper than you would have been otherwise. So obviously th- this year they were trying to go, okay, well, how do we keep what we have and then also improve our aggression so that we can defend all three levels of the field? And so far the early returns are they can't defend any of it. The the explosions are either coming from communication busts, which I think the communication part we can put on like, so that fourth, that third and 18, Josh Jones, and that's part of this conversation. Josh Jones is not playing very well. The other part of it, and Pete mentioned, was that the cloud corner needs to get deeper. It's third and 18. That's a... Yeah. And that, to, that, that, to that point, Griff, Pete Carroll mentioned that in his post-game press conference. He, I mean, I, I, I live tweeted it at the time and we pick, you picked up on it clearly as well. That like Tariq Woolen had no route to cover and Carroll said we needed to sink more, which is the cornerback referring to the cornerback needing to get his butt to the sideline and look deep to short for work. He needs to look for work. If he'd looked for work, he'd have picked up that intermediate crosser. Carroll said, we rolled that way, imply, you know, which cover two to that side. And he's called it the big one we gave up and we gave it to them. I was muted. Yeah. We're, and we're unmuted. So yeah, it's um like right now there's some, some significant like zone communication rules communication issue with with it with the defense and i don't know maybe if sydney was in there maybe if Artie burns who was on a seahawk but he was with desai he knows a lot of the terms right um maybe they still have those issues because mm. even though they're they have they have background with what they're with what they're doing um and i probably undersold this and you maddie you didn't you you emphasized that probably the correct amount was that they're changing their language and because they're changing their language, even if the rules are very similar, how you get into what you're doing and when knowing what to do what, right, all that stuff, uh, mm-hmm. that that can also be a disadvantage if there isn't that continuity. So I just oh. feel like the personnel issues on the back end is a lot right now combined with the mm-hmm. minor scheme tweaks, it magnifies it. Uh, other point on that as well is that the scheme emphasis, right? So like last year, they were still, yeah, they ran a, like a fair bit of middle field open down the stretch, particularly on clear passing downs, like they called Clio, they now call cover eight, but half quarter quarter defense, right? They they established that and it it worked. But they were still a middle field closed team predominantly in that they had a variety of middle field closed pass coverage. This year, middle field closed, and that's I'm talking cover three, cover one. They have cover one rat, right? They have cover one robber. Okay. So they've got two types of man defense, but they only call them on passing downs and they don't really trust their guys to play cover one. Then cover three wise, they have saw, so a three deep three under fire zone out of their base front, tight front. And then they have cover nine, which is weak rotated to cover three sky. They only have two types of cover three and two types of cover one. Last year, they'd have had five types of cover three if they wanted to get to it. 
plus cover three fire zones, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I, sorry, yeah. I should say they have a cover three fire zone in nickel, which is um sending the nickel off the edge. But like they're just they're just they they have more middle field open coverages. Like for instance, in uh, well they kind of do, and they kind of don't. Last year they'd fire zone and play middle field open out of their base pair. But basically they've lost uh coverage variety. So when teams get them in situations where they're wanting them, you know, they're wanting to stop the run more. Teams know what they're getting, which is a fire zone if it's base and and a middle field close. And if it's not base, they're getting weak rotation cover three or a fire zone from the nickel or the safety. Like it's there's no there's not like plugging a safety into the weak hook or plug and plugging the safety into strong hook. There's no buzz stuff. And and they may have been able to do that with Jamal Adams. Maybe that was the yeah. plan. But yeah, they don't. I think they, they don't do it with Josh Jones. They don't have that versatility, and so the blocking assignment for the offensive line is the same every single time. And so they're also lacking that, along with the language transition. Um, yeah, I agree. I think Jamal Adams, like I think, pulls out by the root a huge portion of their of their playbook, and that's it's you're not just losing, you're not just losing Adams' ability because he makes a huge difference in a lot of these situations. I think um, you're, you're losing you're you've you're throwing out because Josh Jones in that defense is, has a specific role in a lot of it, like the nickel and dime stuff. So you're, you're, th- you're throwing out the, the def- the types of calls you'd like to throw out there that you think are applied to certain situations the best. So you're not just losing Adams as a player, you're losing a section of your defense too with it. And that's why Jamal Adams is an important player because it allows you to get into that stuff. There, there's, there's a domino effect there. Um, so yeah, but and like when they aren't busting communication things, this was a game where, in contrast, I think to the first two weeks, the corners were just getting beat. And now it wasn't like separation necessarily; they were just getting beat at the catch point. And you know, Kyle Pitts is is going to do that. He's going to moss people. So I think you just kind of have to swallow you know, take a big gulp and just accept it. Um, uh, you know, so outside of that, it's, I think the rest of their issues, um, are, all right. So one, one silver lining after the first two drives, I think the, the communication over the middle of the field, like the stuff that wasn't related to the corners, the more the safety and the linebackers, I think they were actually solid. They didn't have any major issues over the middle of the field in, in pass defense. Um, like Mariota started scrambling he was taking coverage sacks right so I actually I think that's I think that that's a good sign that the defense still has a pulse of what it's trying to be um and then you, you you wonder okay can the the guys on the perimeter do they keep do they continue to improve do you put Sydney out there I, it was interesting that he was in an active this week but I feel like Sydney and Tariq with Sydney at the left corner they could grow together um because here, here back, back to the continuity point. Hmm. When Sidney Jones was the first acquired last year, right, and he started playing finally, um, he was busting everything that was not like one-on-one coverage situations, like zone principles, everything, right? And then as the season went on, his one-on-one play continued to improve, but then he was like rock solid with, you know, knowing how to pass off, pass off routes with the um to the cover two side with the uh with ugo mm-hmm. and the vertical hook he was getting under underneath corner routes and not breaking routes when playing you know the cloud uh you know good double coverage and quarters right and then he was in man coverage he was just 
well, they didn't play a lot of them, but in cover three, he was doing his job. He didn't give up anything deep. So he was he was essentially the player they needed him to be over time. So we see Tariq busting that. We see Mike having some issues. If they if they think Sydney can get up to speed with whatever he does need to get up to speed with, maybe you expect Tariq's coverage, one-on-one coverage is to normalize and you just throw up for Kyle Pitts and let Kyle Pitts have a day. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think that's where optimism is. I think they do need to consider putting in. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sydney and possibly yeah. Ryan Neal. Um, Matt, if you have any other thoughts on well, the secondary, we well, should, just we should the, talk the front too. Just that, you know, I think, I think, you know, I do wonder how the emphasis on trying to match up with receivers more and play tight is sort of, mm-hmm. like at a certain point you lose zone principles. You lose that covering a landmark and then finding the deepest guy you you do lose that and i wonder if you know they haven't quite found the finer points of landmark stuff because they're trying to match up with receivers more even if seattle's defense in the past did match up with receivers more certainly more than most people would you know make out uh and and i want to bring ty in but i I just wanted to say as well yeah sorry Mm. it's, it's been far too long um, I, I've, I've been watching uh, Russ here uh, struggle oh, and uh, oh, enjoying just, every moment of it. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I just want to say as well, it's crazy. Like that, like it's easy to talk about the run, but like a halftime, Mariota had 183 passing yards on just eight completions, which is just nuts. Yeah. And like some of that is just Mike Jackson had a tough time against Pitts in London. Um, Tariq Woolen gave up a catch over the middle where he. He, he really struggles the time when he pl- pl- plays the ball in that kind of undercut position. He's he's missed a pass breakup on that in, on his college tape, a few of them. And also now he did it in the preseason uh, uh, against Pittsburgh. He struggles uh, undercutting crosses and, and getting the ball incomplete. And that's just a timing thing. And maybe it will just improve with exposure to that situation. I know, I'm, I'm sure it will, but it's just a tough moment for him. But Ty, I mean, you, you don't, you don't get quite as uh, weird as me and Griffin when it comes to watching defense, but that that was rough for you, right? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> congratulations to Tariq Wollin on his first career interception, and that's about where the positives die. Um, it was awful. Uh, the tackling, awful. Uh, more penalties at an opportune at a, in opportune times. It's just. You know, <laughs> and I mean, you can't give up 179 rushing yards. You can't do that. Uh, and, you know, I don't have all the explosives here, um, but just listen to some of these big gainers for, for the Falcons. 40 yards, 28 yards, 30 yards, 26 yards, 22 yards. Just can't do that. Just can't can't do that. And of course, you know, like you guys uh, mentioned with with London and with Pitts, you know, they have some guys that. Um, you know, they just cause uh, matchup issues uh, for the defense, but still, it's you know, you you go up against a, a, a team like the Falcons, and you just you can't you can't do this, you can't do this, and especially with the third down struggles again, um, struggles you know to get guys three and out, um, and you know, third and nineteen, you can't give that up no matter who your opponent is. 
doesn't even matter if you're mm. playing a perennial Super Bowl contender. You can't give up third and 19. Just can't do that. Nope. So, you know, so it's just it's just bad across the board. Um, you know, the the pursuit angles are still awful. Uh, they can't set the edge to save their life. Um, and, you know, they're they're just they're not limiting the damage at all. And they're not putting themselves in, in any sort of favorable situation whatsoever. And it's just, you know, this is going to happen. This is going to happen as long as long as this continues, uh, you know, and of course, you know, we can get into the scheme and everything, but just fundamentally speaking too, this team is in hell right now. Um, and so it's yeah. just, it's really frustrating to watch. Um, and you know, the, this loss to me begins and ends with the defense, right? You know, a lot of people blaming the offense and I know, you know, again, and we're, we're going to get into it, you know, they only scored three points in, in the second half, but mm-hmm. The way that the the way that the offense was moving the ball, um, you know how efficiently they were moving the ball today. I don't know. Like, there's just a lot of bad takes right now on social media. A lot of fingers being pointed. A lot there. Wrong people. Yeah, yeah. I must <laughs> yeah. have muted all the accounts. I think I've done a good job muting. I mm. think I've managed to avoid all that. Yeah. So it's it's just I don't know. It's uh. It, you know, it's really disappointing, especially to see a, a Pete Carroll defense play in this way. Um, mm. And, you know, I'll say what you've been saying, Maddie, and what you've been saying, Griff. Ken Norton Jr. did nothing wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we'll do the, say that for another day. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of problems which are in some ways familiar, except they can't stop the run now. Uh, and they, they still can't stop the pass. But uh anyway yeah. that's for another day but what ken norton jr did do was he griffin used bare fronts a lot more often so that's where you have the the center covered you have both the guards covered and you have two wide edges now with hurt coming in he's running a fangio defect well the fangio language at least and st- using some fangio concepts fangio did similar like that's where you know, I'm sure some of the well, we thought some of the like, reasons for the change to these bare fronts of 2020, 2021, what is their main base front? We thought that it came from partially Clint Hurt's influence, right? So then to yeah. see them, to see them not use them, to see them, well, I mean, they use them, but to see them be a predominantly nickel 425 even front team and get gashed against the run and not run stunts up front and just be embarrassing up front, like. Ty's right. The fundamentals are wrong, right? That doesn't help. But the fa- like going back into the scheme, like why are they why are they doing this? <laughs> why why are they so insistent on this? Like, on even like new- normal downs, like again, even against some heavier personnel looks, like what? Why Griffin? Yeah. So it's all in the name of they're trying to keep their their defensive line juiced up to get after the passer, and obviously whatever they are gaining. In pass rush isn't enough to isn't enough to offset the losses they're getting in the in the run game, and also they their whole pass defense has so many issues well, anyway. I don't think it would even make a difference. Because think um, about the edge rushing personnel, right? Like if you think about the even front teams in the league, yeah, like yeah. the Forty ers you're playing right now, they don't have two hundred fifty pound outside linebackers being asked to set the edge. They have right. They have a Bosa who obviously is a ridiculous player. But he's more like 260, 270s, right? You right. have more of a 4-3 DN. And you you even might have a guy, and you play them wide nine, and you let them get upfield. And because they have the, the strength as well to cause problems, they can they can get up. Seattle doesn't have that. They're, they're relying on like agile guys who are trying to take inside moves 
and beat blockers and dip under it, but they can't really set the edge. Right. Right. Um, so is it the other aspect of this is that when you present an even front, it makes it a lot easier to set protections like the like the math. Mm-hmm. Um, even though when you are in a bare front and you're trying to rush for your when your second edge is um, you know, or when you're when you're the other edge of your defense is a 300 pounder because you're dropping your other edge, your outside linebacker into coverage. Yeah, you lose that but you can still ensure that you're getting one-on-ones with your whoever your 250 260 guys that is actually rushing if if you do it right mm-hmm. um when you're in this when you're in this four down front i mean i feel like daryl taylor i feel like they're half sliding the taylor slide taylor's side and he's getting chipped and everything and he's not able to get clean clean rushes the way that he has um so i don't I don't know if if this is working right now. And it begs the question, like when they go nickel and you asked the question last week when we all did, why are they not playing nickel bear, nickel three, three, five personnel instead of nickel four, two, five personnel. Last year they played nickel bear out of four, two, five personnel. This year they could do the exact same, but out of three, three, five personnel because they're technically of three, four in personnel now. But like, it's very simple to go like that. And I don't know why we haven't seen it at least on one snap. It's very unusual. This game, we saw more kind of underfront stuff in, in base, 3-4. Again, because they're worried about the C-gap issue that we spoke about. But it was still predominantly, you know, 4-2-5 or 2-4-5, whatever you want to call it, but even four down-looking fronts. And the other thing is, if you're going to do that, right, and so you're relying on a cornerback because you're playing middle forward open to play force, well, if they... If they come out in a slot formation, so nub and have the cornerback as the force to that tight end, and then they mo- they motion um and you've you've set your front uh, in a way that is using the the D end out there um to the tight end uh and then they motion uh, uh to the cornerback and remove him from the core because he has to follow the receiver outside and then you don't have a force player so then you've got to do something up front to change the math but it didn't or maths as I'd say for the British listeners who there's obviously so many. Um but they didn't do that. Like, I don't think they moved like more than ten like five times in this game. Now obviously we need to watch the tape. Tape episode will be out on Friday where we'll sort of uh, be like an autopsy, I guess. But it didn't seem like they were doing much mechanically up front. Whereas like against the 49ers what changed was they went into they went into the tight front more, like their bare front and they they pirate stunted. So the the end of the three text slanted over to spill the ball. And they also did it from their over nickel front and, and they pirated and had a, a strong safety out there as like the secondary fourth player. So it's like, I, I don't know, man. It's it's a very confusing defensive game plan. 